The Eat Free, Live Fears podcast, hosted by Leslie Jordan Garcia. This is a weekly podcast that wants to help you nourish your mind, body, and soul, starting with what you put in your belly. Welcome to Eat Free, Live Fierce. This weekly podcast with the sassy Southern girl vibe is here to be a resource for anyone looking to heal their relationship with food, their bodies, and learn how to fuel their energy, wellness, and life. I'm your host, Leslie, a recovered binge eater, certified holistic wellness coach, as well as a health helping professional for over 12 years. Each week on Thursday, I'll release a new episode sharing information and insights, reviews, discussions, tips, and of course, this Southern girl will be sharing some recipes for you all. For exclusive content, join me over at facebook.com forward slash eat free live fierce and get into that group where we share and support one another. And then I'll also share some premiums and freemiums that will help you along your journey. For even more information, tag along with me at Instagram.com forward slash eat free period live fierce. There you can see some behind the scenes information and you can interact with me daily and I would love to hear and see what you're up to as well on this journey. Remember, food is fuel, not your friend. I will gladly step in and fit the bill. So keep feeding your hunger and soothing your soul. Please welcome my first ever guest on my Eat Free, Live Fierce podcast. We are here locally in Austin together and Currently, right now, we are recording apart because that is technology and that allows us to do that. But I do want to introduce uh, the front woman of a very awesome band called Miss Mac and the Daddies. This is Miss Mac herself, Miss Tamara Mac. Um, I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. I said allow. I'm going to invite her to tell everyone listening about herself, her platform, and anything else she wants us to know. Because she is a super interesting lady. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Uh, as Leslie mentioned, I am Miss Mac. My first name is Tamara, which means palm tree, and it's Palm Sunday. Oh, there's a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> snippet. Ah, yes, yes. But I am, uh, I am the lead singer of a soul band here in Austin. We actually just performed last night in San Antonio. So pardon me if I'm not. Uh, my typical energetic self. I did try to wait till late in the afternoon today because I know how those those nights at Luna <laughs> are. Yes, yes, yes. That was a three-hour set. So oh, wow. But we, you know, we figured we drive out. It's a really nice venue. We love playing there. Love the uh, love the crowd. They're always really gracious. So uh, why not stay as long as you can? Exactly. So. If anyone is new to this podcast and has no idea, I talk 
specifically about nourishment of our mind, body, and spirit. And I typically start with what we put in our bellies. I typically talk a lot about food or healing our relationship with food. But today, um, I'm going to digress from that for, for a bit because I also use movement in my work. It was a huge part of my healing journey and continues to be a mainstay in my bag of goodies when it comes to my mental health and to my self-care, all of my realms of wellness, right? My social that I connect through dance, I help others through movement. This is a thing. So that is exactly how (laughs) uh, Tamara and I linked up. I am a total fangirl of Miss Mac and the Daddies. And oh man, before the pandemic, right? I caught her show live with some friends. Um, one of the friends is our, what we call our, you know, fun curator, our director of fun and entertainment. Of experiences. Of yes. experience. She is our director of fun experience. That is true. And so she said, oh, you let's go catch this Miss Mac and the Daddies. Y'all going to love her and this band. And of course, we take her word for it. She has great taste. We take her word for it. And we go literally to a venue here in Austin, Texas. So if you've ever been here or are here, the Skylark is legendary. It's a small venue, but it is a legendary venue. And we basically go in workout clothes. We all have on black t-shirts in some form and black leggings in some form um, because it is a small, intimate venue. And our director assured us that we would be dancing, you know, through this music. So I'm like... Hey, I need to be comfortable. I need to get out here. You know, this is me. Right. Um, and she was 100, 1000% correct. We loved your show. We loved your sound. We loved your band. We, we danced, we danced, we danced, we danced, we sweat. One of the guys off your, uh, in your band got off stage during a break and danced with me. Like that is just, and we were right in front. Okay. Yes. Of the stage, well, the whole show. Into venue, right. Right. So I feel like you, I felt like you and I were having a conversation. So, so I'm like, that's my friend. So my friend never told us that she actually was in conversation with you. Like we We never threw her under the bus for like this whole time. Yeah. Yes. Like she made it sound like she just happened upon you. She had no (laughs) idea like about anything. And okay. So Fast forward through 20 months of the pandemic, right? Right. You come to one of my fitness classes. You come to one of my dance classes and noticeably smaller. Like people talk right. about pandemic weight gain, which our bodies changed, no big deal. For but sure. yours changed in a way that most people wouldn't have expected. So first of all, your long locks were gone. I'm not going to say an actual number, but I am. 40 pounds at least were gone. So I had thought about it like that, you know, but yeah, it was a different person in a sense. Especially to a person who's only ever seen you one time performing. So I look at the name on my roster, on my cell phone, and I'm like, Mac, like, oh, that's her actual name. And I'm like, are you Tamara Mac? And I just remember thinking, I have arrived as a cool person in Austin teaching dance. I love it. <laughs> because you were in my class. And so from there, you know. On the opposite side of that, I knew that the class was going to be legit when I saw you. So one of my good girlfriends and I 
have been talking for a long time about dancing. I don't do it very well, but I love to do it. So I go to all of the different uh, gym locations around and I had seen the sign that mentioned, you know, like the dance funk. And I'm like, oh, no way. I got to tell my friend, you know, hey, this class is happening. So I show up and you're like, I'm the instructor. I texted her like, it's, it's about to be legit. Because I told her, I told her, I said, look, I'm coming to this class with you. You know, we know that this is a community gym. And as much as I love it, if this is not hidden, if I don't hear some CNC Music Factory, I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm I'm out. So I knew it was going to be legit. And it was, it totally was. I mean, I I haven't stopped coming now for what? Has it been? After a year, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's been more than six months when I started that class. So that's, that's funny. So it's been right at six months, actually, when I started that class. You came when that class was new. I love it. Yeah, we love it. it. It just, for me, it was really great because, again, I don't dance well, but I love to dance. And so it was just like this, it's a humbling experience every time I come because I get to remember uh, how poorly I dance. But it was just, it was like an opportunity to connect and there's community. Uh, I'm really an introverted person. So it takes a lot for me to come to a group class like that. But I felt it feels safe. In the sense that it's like we're all here on the same mission you know we don't have to necessarily communicate directly to connect uh so it's, it has been a cool space for me i'm digging it well thank you and that is really the atmosphere that i have cultivated um through years of experience i wanted a safe place and that's funny and i'm glad that that um is apparent for, for someone coming their first time because it's safe for all bodies. Um, every location I teach at is a little bit different, but that is a common thread. Um, I talk to the participants. I talk at, you know, during, before oh, the, the class. I really do try to have that connection. So thank you for affirming that that is something that I'm doing. Um, oh, 100%. For. I mean, you know, it's, it's joy. It really is. It's sheer joy. And it's like, you can, all of us, we're struggling, right? Because the workout is now, it's fine, but it's, it's tough, you know? So you, you work in us, but it, it's like this, uh, I don't know. It's just this unspoken, you know, yeah, I'm suffering too, but I'm having fun. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it has to be fun. You know, I don't get in there and talk about this workout will burn X number of calories, or you need to hit X number of set because the movement is the joy, the joy. And I, and I want it to be that way because our bodies, you to always tease yourself about not being a good dancer. But for me, that class and classes, the things that I do with my body, for my body and with other bodies and, you know, community with other bodies, it's about celebrating what my body can do in that particular can moment, do. time and space. Right. Can it, do. I mean, yeah. I, I've never been able to move like this. I've never challenged my body to move like this. And it's allowed my mind to break free of this thought of like, you can't do this. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Like I, I can, you know, and I just, it's, it I is humbling though. Because I mean, I, I look at some other people and I'm like, man, like, ah, they dance so well. And I love to see people dancing well and like just smiling. And it, even when people come to the shows, like, and I see dancers out in the crowd, sometimes the blues dancers will come and it's like, man, like it, it must be so cool to be able to move like that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you from seeing your show before me and after me, I see dancing on your 
stage while you're singing and I see joy in your face and girl, it looks good on you. Let me just say that. Trust me. And it's funny how you embody that and still think you're not a dancer. And that's one of the things that I really try to tell everybody's a dancer because music is universal. Everybody can tap into that energy and every, just like there's 7 billion people on this planet, there's 7 billion expressions of that particular music so there is no right or wrong step and you heard me say if what i'm doing is a suggestion right right follow improvise make up do your own thing it's all okay it's all it's all beautiful we love it i mean i i really do love it it um i haven't gone out dancing but i feel like i would be more inclined to do so and you know What's funny about it is like, I have known for a long time um, that that is not my talent. My talent is the singing, of course, but uh, <laughs> I still do it. And I have no shame. I've never had any shame about it, I guess is what I should clarify. I have never <laughs> felt ashamed in any way about how uh, the dancing is perceived. Because like you said, it's, it's your own personal experience it's joy, it's expression. Um, and so I, yeah, I have no fear doing it whatsoever. Yes. Well, a person who's not afraid to dance in front of other people can conquer the world. I and, firmly believe you that. Know, and that's, that's the true story. It's just irrespective of what others may think of how it appears, you know, just do. You. Exactly. I just look at the way kids dance and then where, where, how, and when we learn to lose that freedom and that joy and you know that innocence of expression like that's really a shame that that is how our success our society enculturates us it's in true. public settings because that should never be be lost and i'm definitely trying to reignite that <laughs> so let's talk a little bit you talk about your voice um let's talk a little bit about your voice and your singing and what it's like um, for someone like you. And I, by that, I mean someone who self-identifies as queer, the black female part, you can't take that off, right. uh, <laughs> you know? And also, you know, as I talk a lot about body image, just how, how do you feel presenting your authentic self and how is that, you know, been received and all that? I'm a, there you go. That's a great question. That really is, you know, like you said, when you first came to see me, I was presenting in a much different way. Uh, I had shoulder length hair. I tended to wear a lot uh, more dresses, a little more conservative, I think, in my style of dress. And it was this very feminine presenting image. Um, and it was Miss Mac and the Daddies, and it still is today. Uh, today's version of Miss Mac is, I mean, the hair is short. This is, I'd say, a traditionally male haircut. Um, like you said, I'm a little bit more slim. Uh, I still wear dresses, but conservatism, I don't think, is any longer a part of that style of dress. Um, and I don't, I've never attached myself to, what do they call it, the... Uh, the alphabet mafia, LGBTQIA. Um, but I am queer in the sense that I'm incredibly weird. To me, that's what queer has always meant. 
Um, and I, my personality is much different than my sexuality. And I think that people have kind of lumped that into one and the same and people are very curious. Uh, so that feminine presenting person then and the more perhaps masculine presenting person now is still a woman. And I've, I've always wanted to push the boundaries of my femininity and what that looks like. It has never been society's depiction of it. And I think for me, as I really started movement, because for me, that's what it was. I started my, my wellness journey, my fitness journey. I've always called it fitness. You know, I wanted to be more fit. Um, the weight loss just kind of came as a byproduct of that. That wasn't the intention of the journey. So now that I'm more confident in my body because I feel strong in my body and because I have challenged it physically to do the things my mind told it it could not do, my expression has changed. And the sense that I want to be more free and more open with my vessel. Um, and I'm proud of the work that I have put in to make it even stronger. So I, I don't shy away from showing that uh, anymore, you know, and I don't know, I know that perhaps people's perceptions of me have changed. And I think there was always a curiosity even in the beginning uh, when I was very feminine presenting, you know, like what, what is going on? What is the mystery? Um, well, the mystery is that there is no mystery. I am just, I'm just me. I'm, I'm just this very weird person navigating through the same universe that you are uh, being me. That's what it is. That's that's amazing. I will say that for me, my first impression of you, I would say is was classic neo soul type feminine pr presentation. Like I think like and and for and I mean even that means so many things, right? Depending right. on what artist that evokes for you, but very much like India Ari black Afro Bohemian right. type of look. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that was kind of, yes. That was more or less the look that um, I feel like, at least in that one snapshot, you know, that initial snapshot sure. that I had for presented. Years. For many years, you know. Right, and going back and looking at old footage that was very much, you know, very soul, very neo-soul, like very that, that. And, um, you know, I just think that, you know, you talk about your personality as queer and being separate from sexuality. And I think that is a very, um, wise nuance you know like that's a very good way to separate those two because i see in more and more people and and women of color identifying as queer and they may be married you know there's a there's a fitness or a, a influencer that i follow on instagram for example she identifies as queer she is married to a man and they have kids and i imagine that he must he probably identifies as queer himself, but they, you know, just depending on what their clothes are that pre that in that moment, you know. Yeah, I, I really think they're two, to me, they are very much two separate things. Very and much. I think that it's, uh, for me, it's a private thing, you know, because whichever partner I choose, I would not make a part of my art from a standpoint of, of them being a part of that picture. And that's just me being a private person. Um, so yeah, I think that we have to be careful of assuming even then, you know, what queer is or, or you know, okay, so which, which letter of the alphabet, leave it alone. 
<laughs> you know, just leave it, leave it alone. You know, that doesn't have anything to do with the art. It doesn't have anything to do, I don't think, with how I'm able to connect with my audiences. Um, so speaking of how you connect with your audiences, let's talk about that a little bit because we both are here in Austin. And I know that from, from talking to other people that around the nation that they think Austin is some liberal Mecca that, you know, is gonna just emerge from just shoulder Texas out of the darkness of Southern conservatism and everything. And I know I have my own thoughts about Austin. Yeah. Um, I definitely have thoughts about being a black woman in Austin. Can you tell me a little bit just about when you talk about your audience, how do you connect to How do they perceive you? How do you believe they perceive you? And how do you connect with them? I, I think that they perceive me to be way cooler uh, than I actually am. That's that's one thought I have. I think that they probably perceive me to be a, an extroverted personality, um, confident. Um, I hope that they perceive me to be authentic and genuine, like this truly is who I am. Um, I don't know what the reality is. I mean, I guess I would have to do a poll and even then I don't know who would be honest or how honest they may choose to be. I don't think that even with the conservative style of dress and the more feminine neo soul kind of presentation, anyone ever thought that I was a pushover, I guess is what I'll say. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind, but uh, I'm definitely one who speaks my mind and will bring you the business uh, when asked, you know, and I, I think that that has always been the perception. So I think the attachment to that perception and kind of the generalization that society tends to have about black women, which is angry black woman, you know, oh, I don't want to mess with her. While that is true, you, you don't want to mess with me. That isn't necessarily all there is to me. And that's not right. all there is to other black women and other black artists. And as much as people would like to believe Austin is a liberal Mecca, that's going to shoulder Texas out of the No, no. Uh, it's, it's just like any other place, you know, and, and it is a part of America, which is a part of a system that has been operating for many hundreds of years under the same pretense that it was founded on. And while there may be a greater percentage of people who are leaning toward an ideal of understanding how wrong that was, is, and continues to be, and creating change of it, there are still enough of those who have built this system and wish to sustain it um, that remain here and all over our country that, that no, this place isn't any different than is any other. Um, and there are opportunities, I feel like, for Black artists that maybe they don't gain as many opportunities as their white counterparts. Specifically in Austin, just given to the due, the, the fact there's 8%, I think, of Austin is African-American is that, I think it's like six to 8%. So yeah, it's closer to 6%. So right. you think about that on that broad scale, you think about how few, what percentage of those people are artists. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, and Austin has seen a decrease, a substantial decrease in its um, black population in the last 15 years. I would say 15 years ago is about, um, 13%, about 20 years ago, it was about 20%. Yeah. 
So they decreased some and it has dramatically dropped off in the last 10, 10 12 years to where we're about 6% of the population. Um, why? So, so I will say this, I, in the, in the health and wellness sphere, that's a very whitewashed um, industry. It just I mean, is. music is much the same, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just is. And so when you say music is, for, are you talking about like from the, from a perspective of where, where opportunities can be had? I feel like there are a lot of black artists in Austin um, that like you, I agree that they don't get some of the opportunities or, you know, things, but how do you feel? So what are some of the other things like from a black perspective, other than, okay, it's a, it's a whitewashed industry or white dominated industry. When you start looking at money and opportunities, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this question. So I've been to a couple of your shows and what I see are white audiences coming to your show. It's interesting. So, so that's, that's, I guess what I want to ask you about. How do you, how do you maintain your sense of self and authentic expression and you know in in an environment like that in a you know in an industry that brings right. you that i mean because it really is you you're right we do have I, we have a large white audience i feel like because austin is predominantly white i feel like in addition to that a lot of the venue owners are also white and so they're cultivating the type of crowds that they want to see in their bars and that's what i mean by a lot of the opportunities being limited. There's this assumption oftentimes uh, that we are gonna bring a particular type of audience and maybe one that a venue doesn't necessarily want. And mm. so, that, I mean, you know, there's this accessibility. I think that a lot of other bands or a band with like a, a, a white lead singer or something, there is an assumption that they will be bringing this predominantly white audience, which is what these venues want. Um, it's not hard for me to understand that that's what it is. Like it's, it's ironic in some ways, you know, that like for me personally, I always wanted to, I want to empower all women, but I would love to be someone who others that look like me could see and experience and it be not necessarily something exclusively for us, but something that there were more of those types of women around. Um, but even when it is not, it's still for me very important to continue to just be unapologetically me. Now, if I have, I have a predominantly white audience, but my show is not whitewashed in the sense that like, I say what I feel, I, I am who I am and I don't change my personality or the presentation of Miss Mac based on, oh, you know, well, this audience may not understand the colloquialisms or the, you know, the the terms or the slang or the, the whatever it is I may choose to use. I'm still me. And I think that holding true to that and being authentic allows me to leave an impression upon those white people who are coming into these spaces are in the audience to continue to inspire their friends and other friends. And maybe we'll all just end up in like one big caramel brown collective you know on a right. dance floor somewhere where there's just enough space for us all to come and we realize at the end of the day oh my god this whole time i've been tripping we're all the same people right 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 i i definitely can appreciate uh that and yes and that definitely is um something to aspire to and 
one of the great things about your show. Like, even though I'm telling, I'm, I'm out there, you see who's there. It's predominantly white audience. It is definitely that nice slice <laughs> of Austin where everyone is there with the sole intent to enjoy your, enjoy your music, enjoy your show, enjoy your presentation and your comments and your questions and your interactions with the audience like we we are all here for that and there are definitely like miss mac and the daddy fans there like these are people who've caught your shows multiple times in multiple different venues and you know really continue to support um your creativity and what you're putting out there so so you know in that way i think it's it's great yeah i mean um, they they at the end of the day have the power to help change everything that we experience and, and that we live. So it's like, if, if they can feel emboldened, empowered by these shows and then go and, and share that or understand the changes that need to be made based on what they're seeing and you know what they're hearing and what they're feeling at these shows, then we're all gonna be in a better space for it. Yes. So I wanna touch again, I'm, I know we're going all over the place. This is how we usually have a conversation, but I wanted to touch a little bit um, just for those who are listening and have been listening to my podcast or follow me on Instagram and, and know that I'm always talking about wellness, like the dimensions of wellness. And for me personally, I coach to 10 dimensions. And so I, I'm not gonna go for that because this, this conversation isn't about that, but when I think of dimensions of wellness, you know, we think about the physical aspects of wellness or the social or the intellectual or, you know, our occupational career dimensions in our spiritual uh, domain. I want to just ask you just to share a little bit about your fitness journey. Like for one thing, I know you started out to get into better physical condition. Yes. What I want you to share about is how your journey became much more than just the physical. Sure. And, and um and then you can just go from there and say what yeah. you want. No, for sure. So I uh let's see, six or seven years ago, I was diagnosed as a type two diabetic. Um, and I was insulin dependent. And my doctor encouraged me at that time to be more active and uh, you know, it shared some, you know, you could walk, you could do these different things that'll help you to regulate your blood sugars, da, 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 whole nine. So I don't listen for a really long time. It just, I said, okay, well, I'll just drink diet soda. You know, that was, that was my answer to that. Um, and so fast forward now we're five years in and I'm tired of fighting with the insurance company about covering this insulin. And so you know, I think back, okay, he said, I need to move. Let me, let me start moving. Let me begin this fitness journey. So at the same time that I'm thinking in my mind, I'm just going to begin walking and start this fitness journey. The insurance company provided me with a credit for a fitness tracker to purchase from their online shop. So everybody had been raving about, you know, Apple watch. Oh, this thing is the best. It's changed my life. It's okay. Well, let me see. Oh, I have the option to walk it off. So I pay for them to ship this watch and I read the instruction booklet and all this stuff. And I just start walking with my watch. So I'm walking, 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 and I'm walking really slow. It, you know, we're, we're in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, I'm walking slow. So I encourage, or I, I reach out to a friend of mine and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm walking. And he said, his treadmill had just broken. So I was like, do you need a walking buddy? So he said, sure. So three days a week, I started walking with a buddy of mine. 
and he walked really fast. So I started like kind of catching up with him. So then that graduated into me reaching out to a friend and saying, hey, I think I'm ready to join the gym. Can you help me figure out how? So I joined the gym and then I start to swim. Uh, meanwhile, all of these activities that I'm doing are earning me points to pay off the watch for the insurance company. Like that's, that's the, the, the buy off, right? Like I'm six and a half months I have to kind of move my body and get this watch taken care of. And I made up in my mind, I'm gonna get off this insulin. Y'all gonna run me this insulin and you're gonna run me this watch. You know, like I'm not paying for it. So that was really the beginning of my fitness journey. It was getting in a fight with the insurance company and being upset enough and motivated enough by the incentive to earn a free watch. This is so silly that I started to move my body. Um, and then I started to improve my endurance. And then in addition to my endurance improving, my mind became more clear. And I started working with my mental health professionals. You know, I had waited and waited a long time. I kind of was outgrowing my current counselor and I was brave enough to say, okay, like now that I'm doing all these things, I need to like continue to push on the rest of this journey and figure out the next chapter of growth for myself with a mental health professional. Um, and that really started to help me feel more trusting in myself. Like, hey, you, you trusted yourself to earn this watch and get off of insulin, which I did in the six and a half months. I had no idea that it would take me such a short amount of time to get off the insulin. I decided I was gonna continue to push my body uh, because obviously I was out of my mind to think that it couldn't do all these amazing things. Mm. You know, I took a spin class for the first time. I hated it so much. I went back for like six months every, every week, <laughs> you know, because uh, it was challenging. And then I started the dance class. Um, I took a master swim class. I accidentally signed up for the advanced swimmers. I wrote the coach a letter and was like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I signed up for the right one. You know, I'm only swimming about 1600 yards during my workouts. Oh, you'll be fine. I did that for a month. I never finished a single workout. It was the hardest thing I had ever done, but I did it. You know, I did it and, and all the while, like I watched my physical begin to change as well. You know, I could see my face and to me, I now look like how I felt inside the whole time. I was an athlete in college and I just, I really let get away from me the discipline and the dedication and just the, the overall good things that movement and working out and strength training and cardio of all different kinds did for me. So it's like, I'm, I'm back to myself at this point is, is really what this fitness journey has been. I'm no longer on insulin, still diabetic and still having to deal with some pills, but just gonna continue to push myself even further and see if maybe we can take that off the plate. You know, that's the next order of business. So when you talk about the two things that you said that really struck a chord with me. Number one, you talk about trusting your body. And I think that that is one of the things that I talk about a lot is you have to sometimes move in solitude. 
like whether it's movement itself or swimming, which is very solitary, even if you're on a team or even when you're walking with the buddy, if y'all have different paces or you have on headphones, you're able to just to kind of commune with yourself. Yes. And in those moments, you can hear your true voice and reconnect with that voice. So that being able to reestablish body trust, self-trust. Sure. Um, and also something uh, you said, I really like what you said about, you know, back to yourself like i think that for me wellness is more than just fitness like physical fitness there there's all these other things so relationships get better when you're when you something you said earlier i know who i am and i'm always able to show up authentically when you're able to speak your mind and speak your truth and speak to your needs in any situation that improves your relationships i mean it cuts the ones that are not serving you away and it makes the ones that do serve you better and clearer 100 percent, and that's exactly what happened when i started just moving my body you know what i mean i started moving my body and then i started moving my mind in tandem like you said i started coming into this is this is now a lifestyle for me it isn't you know it wasn't um I guess it's not a fad or it's not a trend. I have changed my entire lifestyle. I'm treating myself well. I'm treating myself better. And I think you're, you're right. Your relationships do get stronger because the relationship you have with yourself becomes so strong that you're no longer afraid to establish boundaries. So those who aren't serving have to go and move, you know, their own way. And those who do, you know, you pay more attention to and more time with, and you find yourself spending more time with those people because they are doing the things that they enjoy and that you enjoy. And meanwhile, taking care of themselves and thereby taking care of the community, which for me, community has always meant common unity. You know, yes. what, is, what is the thread between us? Just because there's a bunch of people in a room does not a community make. So true. <laughs> you know? Uh -oh. So very true. Oh man, I mean that mm, that couldn't be more poignant than some things in my professional community are going on right now. And some other people are like, just because we're all in this together and saying this doesn't make us a community. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly that is exactly true. So, um, uh, so how do you feel now? Like you've you're on this new life. You're into this new lifestyle, and I can say I talked to you outside of you know this or outside of class so i know right. that you're like no i got i got church at the pool i got swimming i got this like i got these things but i find that when you when you do take care of yourself your priorities you know they work their way to the top and those things that sustain you and pour and nourish you like i always talk about mind body and spirit are the things that float to the top and that's where you put your energy that's it that's it i mean that is really it I don't, I, it's, it's so hard to try to explain to other people who aren't quite ready to let go of you, <laughs> you, you know, they're not ready to let go of you. I was trying to explain to a girlfriend of mine that I've known for many years. Um, and for a long time, we both looked similar. She was mm -hmm. overweight. I was also overweight at that time. I continue to be overweight. I'm still overweight, right? But I'm fit irrespective of what it whatever anyway because because fitness has no look health has no look right. it has no size it please don't right. get me started okay. right but right right like it's it just doesn't. it really doesn't for, for her though she's seeing a visual yes you know she's seeing a visual and she's now feeling as if i'm treating her differently 
or that I feel different. And I'm like, no, I feel differently about myself. I'm disciplined and dedicated to myself. So I don't wish to go to brunch with you. Well, they have, you know, healthy things. Here's the thing. If I see you enjoying some of the things that I might wish to enjoy, I'm probably going to make the choice to enjoy those things as well. And the fact of the matter is, is that I'm not in that space anymore. I'm not challenging myself into spaces that I know aren't conducive to the overall plan I have for my life. It doesn't mean I take offense to you. It just means I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't wish to do those things. And so when someone isn't ready to let go, it's a really hard conversation to have because I'm sure that it feels selfish, but there's a, a fine line, I think, between selfishness and self-preservation. Man, please say it. I was saying it in my head. Selfish. You know, this is this is just self-preservation. I know myself. I know my limits. I know what able. You know what I'm able to achieve. I know about the level of work that it takes me to put in, um, to make the choices that I choose to make, and so, and that's just what it is. <laughs> you know, it's 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 sad, but yeah, like a lot of people are starting to kind of drift away because we're no longer communing in the ways that we once did. And that just has to grow, right? That it's just like when kids outgrow clothes; they don't keep wearing those clothes that are too small for them anymore. That's you know? right. <laughs> it causes discomfort. Yes. Discomfort, and yeah, and you don't feel yourself. Like it, it really is. It really is that way. Um, I could talk to you all day, of course, because you know, we do talk <laughs> a lot. But I just really appreciate you. Um, taking this time with me as I am uh, in this new space, you know, venturing out into this new space. But I really want to give you an opportunity and those listeners, as I built them, <laughs> y'all listen, share, um, talk a little bit about what is coming up for you. Because in this journey, I, you know, I can speak to your tiny desk audition oh, and, and moving forward, right? For, for Miss Mac and the Daddy. So tell us a little bit about what kind of music and what kind of show you give. And sorry for that noise. I hope I can edit that out. Um, and also what what's in store for you and for your band moving forward here into summer, which is a really yeah. high music time here in Austin. It is true, it's true. Well, there's a couple of things on the agenda. Um, we are... I'm not even going to say hopefully we will be releasing a single, at least one single in the summer. Uh, that's something we started working on at the beginning of 2020, right at the, the beginning of the pandemic, before things even happened and we all went into lockdown. So we're catching up on that two years old project, coming back, getting everything um, mixed, mastered, um, going to be having that out. I think we'll stream. Initially, the intention was to do physical copies, but we think we're going to go ahead and put that on a streaming platform so that our friends, our family all over this country and hopefully many other countries will listen to it. Um, soul music is really what I would call it. And that soul comes from an experience of pain and you know, insight and, and joy, like all of the different emotions I've experienced personally, as well as my bandmates who helped me to create those music and bring the different aspects of their upbringing, whether it be rock or jazz or classical, um, to kind of put this thing together into something I, I think we'll call soul rock, but at the end of the day, it, it's just the blues. You know, we all got the blues. 
And so it's it's based in blues, covered in soul, and, and, and just drenched in really all of our hard work and sweat and tears. Um, so Daddy Issues is the single that will be coming out this summer. We will also, let me think. Well, a big thing for me personally, I'm going to be doing the Captex Triathlon next month. As crazy as that sounds. Um, yes, I am crazy. Yes, you're correct. I'm going to try it. It's my first one. It's a what birthday present it? to myself. Is this a full triathlon or is it like? Sprinting? I'm doing a rookie. I'm going, to, I'm going to do the rookie distance. I think we'll shoot for Olympic next year. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do a little rookie triathlon as a birthday present to myself. This is also the fifth anniversary this uh the 30th actually of this month and we have a performance at skylark which is where you met us uh will be our fifth anniversary of the band being a thing first time i ever performed live on stage uh was april 30th of 2017 so we're coming full circle five years later um I don't know, really hoping to get out a second single after we get that one released this summer and just continue pushing forward with more new music uh, to bring you guys to some different things. There was a bad breakup a couple of years ago that's kind of um, lent itself to some lyrics. And so there's some interesting songs about trials and tribulations and knowing self and freeing self. It's, uh, there's a lot in store for you guys. And you can find us, oh, I'm so silly, macdaddymusic.com is the website. So that's M-A-C-K-D-A-D-D-Y music.com. You can find all of our social channels there, figure out what we're up to next. Um, and when we have a finite release date in mind, that would be the best place to find that for that uh, single coming out this summer. And I will drop all of um, your socials and that website in the show notes. So thank you for driving and listening. They will be able to go back and find that information. And I am going to take this opportunity to pressure you. I have choreographies for daddy issues. I love it. And so we need to record this choreography um, ahead or to coincide with your release so that people who are jamming it, because it is a great song, very danceable, very fun um, song, will have some choreography to do along I love it. shows, and I just think it'll be so fun to keep I it love it. That. So, and I love Daddy Issues. I love that song. Um, so, yes, we do need to get together and that be, yeah. get back. That's that's gonna be exclusive, okay? That's gonna be yes. exclusive yeah, with exclusive links, <laughs> right? Oh shoot, I love it. I, I I I made it kind of like a little line dance so that you could jump in and out as you were singing on stage. Something that the band members uh, get hold of and do do sections with the that way it's very accessible. For sure. Everybody. So I made it fun and lighthearted and it is I have to invest in a, a lapel microphone so I can, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can get down through there. I love that. Yes. So, yeah. So I wanted to make it very fun and interactive to really kick off that first uh, single being released and, and start, you know, a little, little trend, a little Mac Daddy shelf. Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Heck yeah. Shoot. I love that. All right. Well, I appreciate again for you taking the time out and uh, highlighting, you know, just how when we do 
put ourselves first, when we take that first step, whatever that step is, and really try to improve our wellness, because our wellness can be improved no matter where you are. You can pick something up, some practice, some, some ritual, some activity up, and it can really transform um, your life and just how you feel from day to day. Um, I think that's wonderful. And I'm so glad to have you uh, in my roll call of friends and dancers and, you know, I'm part of my community. I'm glad to be part of community with you. And I just thank you so much again, Tamara, for this time. And for anyone listening, this is Tamara Mack, the front woman, okay? The head lady <laughs> in charge of the Miss Mack and the daddies of Soul Life bands awesome band and i'm not just saying that because we're friends she really is they really do do a phenomenal show so if you are in the atx catch them live on some sundays at antones another classical place and like she said april 30th anniversary show at the skylark lounge all that stuff i will drop for you in show notes and is there anything else you would like to say before we sign off i want to thank you for having me and becoming a part of my community I've, I've really grown and have just, I've enjoyed life, you know, I've, I have really enjoyed life through the movement with you. And it is such a wonderful thing to have a sister, a friend, uh, uh, a role model, really, you know, for my life with, with regard to this aspect of it. I'm, I'm, I'm ever grateful for that. Like, this is, you are, you're a part of that tribe. You know, this this is an ongoing, so. And it does take I'm a really great to raise a child, but to be an adult, but it takes a very <laughs> Okay, so it's tough now. It's it's huge. So no, I I really appreciate it. And I I, uh, I will see you this week to get my booty moving and grooving. Yeah. Oh man, we got some, it's April girl. We got a new song. So, all oh, right, well, we're going to sign <laughs> off now. So thank y'all for tuning in to the Eat Free, Live Fierce podcast here on Spotify. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Please like, share, subscribe, and comment to the podcast. If this is your first episode, please do me a favor and go back and listen to some of the other ones. We cover all different types of health and wellness topics. And if you have an idea, a topic, or you would like to be a guest, you can link reach out to me through my links in the show notes and we can make that possible y'all have a great day signing off from now this is leslie from the eat free live fish podcast and my lovely special guest miss tamara mack from miss mack and the daddies say bye bye all right this episode was so packed with good conversation and sisterhood and sharing that i actually forgot to share a taste, a little snippet, a little snack of Tamara and Miss Mac and the Daddy's original music. So here I want to share just a snippet of their Tiny Desk audition audio for their soon-to-be-released single, Daddy Issues.
again, that is a snippet of Miss Mac and the Daddies and their soon-to-be released studio single, Daddy Issues. As you can hear, that's a little bop. And um, soon I'll have to link a video to Tamara and I doing the choreo um, that I put together for that song. But that is, again, Miss Mac and the Daddies, Daddy Issues. Thank you for listening to the Eat Free, Live Fierce podcast, where you will always be encouraged to feed your hunger and soothe your soul.